You're listening to the Living Truth Church Podcast, and we're so glad that you're here. If you would like to know more about our church, you can find us at livingtruthchurch.com, on Facebook at Living Truth Church, or on Instagram at LTC underscore Pace. We pray that God uses this teaching to impact your life. It's great to be in the house of the Lord. Amen? Amen. 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 Hey, uh, we'd like to welcome our guests with us today. And for anybody, I've got to tell you, I, I told the earlier crowd that uh, I... I told our worship leaders that this week I have the shortest sermon I ever preached. And if our worship leaders know that means absolutely nothing because I told them that several times. So, uh, But I did beat my record by four minutes last time, so we'll see. But before we get going here, uh, I wanna share, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna tell it this week because we had a crowd last week. Maybe some of you weren't able to be here last week. So our church, uh, October 12th, I think, is the date that we're, our, the blue note on this place ends. We owed $64,931. And God told me, he said, hey, ask you to pray and give. I'd like to pay it off instead of going to the bank. So uh, this morning, first service, I took one of those, uh, I'm, I'm showing you what, I took one of the little envelopes back there, put my check in it, put it. I'm not going to fake them out. Because there. uh, there's nothing in that one. I, I did mine earlier. So. Uh, so we're going to start putting in the bulletin, letting you know kind of how we're chopping away at it. So if anybody feels froggy and wants to just chop away at that uh, next week, we'll have a big party. But uh, so anyway, so you can be a part of that. You pray and you give what God wants you to pray. If you prayed and God said, don't give anything to that, you fool, don't do anything. Don't give anything. All right. So you do that. I got a feeling if you pray, he ain't going to tell you that. So um, anyway, we got, we, got, uh, we got to get to it if I'm going to beat my record. So uh, listen. We thank Ben for leading the worship band this morning. Uh, Gunner and Rachel are headed to the hospital to have a baby. All right, so that's, that's so it's a great day. It's a great day. Uh, those that have not been to our church that long, we had we had a young lady that played uh, keyboards for us. Uh, it might have been about ten years ago or so. Uh, maybe about so. anyway, somewhere in there uh, that she was playing and she went into labor uh, after the third service. She was committed and uh, she went and. Uh, had, you know, her baby and everything worked out good. So this is a good day. So we're excited about that. Let's pray. Father, we love you. And we just thank you. We can come together and worship you. Uh, Lord, I know as we come together, some folks might've got drug into here, Lord, or, or some folks just got a lot of stuff on their mind, Lord. I pray that you would be with us right now this morning and just speak to our hearts on this day and that people on this day will make decisions. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, um, <clears throat> I'm exhausted preaching Revelation 6 through 19, if anybody wanted to ask. I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, it's just bad, bad, bad. Oh, next week, bad, bad, bad. And I just got to, you know, tell you what it says. And, and you know what it says? It's bad. And so we've just been over and over. I'm like, man, you know, and God was very gracious to me. Well, this is all his idea today, just to just go this way. Now, we are going to hit Revelation 19 and 1 through 5, so we can check that box off today, but it's going to be at the end of the message, and it's really, I, I'm just, God's awesome in the, the way that it's going to come about. Now, you are going to be asked this morning to just be open to participate in this worship service. Will you? Okay. <laughs> I set you up. All right. So... Um, Let's do that. So we're gonna we're gonna go we're gonna backtrack for a second. In one of the early sermons, 
in this series, we pointed out as we saw worship in heaven taking place. By the way, that was really good, the stuff this morning. But, but, we, but we saw worship in heaven take place, and we see that heaven is not confused about God. There, there's no confusion. When you open up and get to peek into heaven, they know who God is, they know what God's done, right? Uh, Revelation 4.11 in particular is what I'm speaking to. Revelation 4.11 said, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. So heaven is not confused about God, who he is, or what he's done. And the scene around the throne in Revelation chapter 4, it gives it away immediately. As John is allowed this peak into heaven, he witnesses the heavenly creation say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and who is and who is to come. Followed by the 24 elders who fall down and they worship before the throne saying, again, worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they existed and were created. God is magnified and worshiped, given glory and honor and praise for who he is and what he has done. You know, the earth has a problem elevating God to his place of belonging. No wonder they have a problem worshiping him. If you are not recognizing God as creator of everything ever made, then you're not putting him in his proper place. And if you're not putting God in his proper place, then you will have trouble in worship. Let me put this in a practical sense. I have seen many followers of Jesus have trouble in the most basic worship. The most basic form of worship that you can offer to God is private worship. Just you and him. This is great. I love this when we gather together. I love to hear the voices. See, I heard that third song. Y'all knew the words. I just shut up. I like, let it go. You know, I know, you know, I, I just, I love that time. But the most basic form of worship that you can offer God is in private worship, and that is your daily time, your encounter with God, your quiet time, your Intimate time with God, your hangout time. I don't care what you call it. It's just when you do that, just you and God, that is the most basic form of worship. It's where one prays and spends some serious time with God every single day. And I know a lot of folks battle this. 
For a lot of people, it's that thing you want to do, but you don't do. It's the thing, you know, I know I need to do that. Oh, I know I need to do that. You want to, but, but you haven't gotten on the prayer wheel. Now, y'all hear us talk about the prayer wheel all the time. I, I've testified, I testify every chance I get because that prayer wheel has helped me focus better in my prayer time. And, I, and I've had a quiet time for, since 1991. See, that's the thing about it. You know when you're really doing it. You know when you started doing that. Because you know why I know it? Because it made a difference in my life. Because it's my quiet time in 1997 that God called me to preach. Now, don't get scared. He doesn't call everybody to do that. He doesn't call everybody to go to Africa. He doesn't call everybody to go out in the desert. He doesn't call, I mean, just, but he will. He will speak to you. He will change your life. So I know that you want to. You want to, but you haven't gotten on the prayer wheel or a serious time with God where you are praying, listening, and reading the word. Let me pause there because, see, see, some of you maybe are doing this. Some of you are like, oh, I'm checking that box. But let me finish. You're reading all that, but you're also doing what he tells you to do. You see, a lot of us got a lot of head knowledge. We know what to do, but we're not doing it. So in, in part of that time with God, I'm hanging out. I'm like, at the end of it, I'm like, God, what are you telling me to do? That's great that I just read Matthew 26, verses 34 through 48. And, but what did you say to me? And what is it you want me to do today? Not in theory. Today. Oh, that's good. We got a lot of Christian theorists. You know, a lot of Christians that are just in theory. God needs us to get at it. Different sermon another day. Listen. You need to apply that time. It needs to be a daily thing. It, it's, not, it's not happening for many because many have not set aside a time and a place. Okay, this is the practical thing. Somebody in here, I, I'm, I'm trying to help you right now. This is the practical part. A time that every day, that's when you're going to meet with God. And a place. Every day you're going to meet with God at that time, at that place. You know how to make appointments, don't you? You know how to keep appointments, don't you? This is the most important appointment of the day. This is the one that can change your life. This is the one that can help you through your day. Setting aside a time and place to meet with God is a first step in making time with God a priority. Okay, you want to make God a priority? I think everybody, if you're a follower of Jesus, you'd say so. The first step of that happening is you setting aside a time in a place. Now, I'm, I'm saying that. A lot of you are saying, I, I was going to do that. I, yeah, I know I need to. Okay, do it. Just do it. Because you know what happens? How many, don't raise your hand, but how many of you are going to, you were going to do something and it's that thing you just never did? You know, in the South, we like to say, I was fixing to do that. And you never fixed it, did you? <laughs> uh, so listen, until you set a time and a place to meet with God, 
it is not a priority. I would ask you, have you set that side of that time in that place? Because until you do that, he is not a priority. You see, I was thinking, I said this earlier, um, maybe some of you one day when I'm long gone, you'll say, yeah, Pastor Norm used to say this. Well, I remember something one of my old pastors used to say. Yeah, I'm in the old category. Uh, Anyway, he said, and I quote, we do what we want to do, right? It's fact, we do what we want to do. So we've been saying, I'm going to do a quiet time. I'm going to set aside a time and place, but we ain't done it. Why? Because we don't want to do it. I said, I don't know if I said earlier, this is supposed to be a fun sermon, but I don't know how it got off in there, but it's, it's true. We, we make time for what matters. Yeah, but no. Yeah, but are the first two words of excuse making and excuses are for losers, right? How many times you're gonna do something for God, but yeah, but? Anybody know what I'm talking about? And look, I'm not trying to rough us up. Um, I speak to this because I know how hard it is for me. So you can't fake me out because I... Right there. See, I know how hard it is. I know that it has to be a commitment, a surrender even. And I also know how critical it is for me. If I'm not spending that time with God, my day is going to end up potentially being in a mess. And I also know that what I'm telling you this morning is the truth and the whole truth and nothing but the truth. We need to pause and meditate on who God is and what he's done. Just a few minutes into heaven, John sees that heaven knows who God is. Oh, there ain't no confusion going on in heaven. They know. He is above all. He is creator. The basic thing earth dwellers have missed or refused to acknowledge out of rebellious hearts is that God is creator. But the hardest thing should be the easiest. The easiest thing to know and admit about God is that he's creator. I mean, unless you just want to believe it in the walking catfish, you know, story. A couple of rocks out of nowhere, you know, all that. I mean, that takes a lot of faith, you know, right? It takes a lot more faith. And then we have this book that just tells us, I mean, if you're a God, wouldn't you want to just like at least give somebody the words, have them write it down, tell everybody what was going on? So he did. He gave us a book, and he wrote this book. And in the book, in the very first words, it says, in the, God, in the beginning, God created. There you go. <laughs> right? I mean, I don't know about y'all. When I read a book, a lot of times I'll read a book, and I get going real good, and I'll make it halfway or three-quarters of the way, and I'm, you know. 
So if you really want to put something good in the book to make sure everybody reads it, the first sentence is a really good place. I'm just saying, God's not hiding. There's going to be people that face God in the end. He's going to say, it said in the beginning, God. And then we take us back to Revelation, since we're in Revelation. Revelation, the very first sentence, the revelation of Jesus Christ. What's it about? It's about revealing Jesus Christ. In the beginning, it's it's right in the front of the book, unless one chooses to have faith in another source of creation. Again, it takes a lot more faith to believe those things. You know, everything that men make today, they use God's ingredients to do it. Well, men won't be smart like they did something, but if they don't have God's stuff, they couldn't have done that. Man cannot make something from nothing. You know who can? God. So that lets us know this world, God made it with what's in it. This world is going to end one day. Unless God does something about it. Y'all see that? We need God to step in and do something because we can't do anything about it. We can change our fuel sources. We can go to batter. We can go to whatever. We can change all those things. But can I tell you something? Just us. We're running out of all of it. We can dig up all the lithium and it's gone. The oil and it's gone. The reason we're living and breathing today is God's sun up there hits the green plants. And this thing called photosynthesis, man didn't make that. That's a God thing. But God is not only God of creation. Oh, I love this. And if, y'all, if, you're, if you're spiritual, you can say an amen to any of this. God is not only a God of creation. God is a God of mercy. Amen. Amen. Now, I need that. God is not only a God of mercy. He's a God of grace. I need that. You know, grace is getting what you don't deserve. And mercy is not getting what you ought to be getting. Talking about my dad not giving me that butt whooping a couple weeks ago. I mean, that was mercy. It might have been forgetfulness, but I think it was mercy. God is a God of loving kindness. I can't can't even explain that word for you. In the Hebrew, it just means so many different things. But we'll go with the loving kindness part. God is a God of forgiveness. I'm going to tell you something, man. God is a God of all those things. And I can use a lot more of those things than I can a ham sandwich or something. You know what I'm saying? I need these things. I need mercy and grace and forgiveness and his loving kindness. And that list (laughs) keeps going. As I was contemplating these things recently in my quiet time, it led me to just pray something really simple to God. It went like this. I wrote it down. Part of my quiet times, I write some of these stuff down. I wrote this down. Lord, Lord, I cannot imagine what you go through as your creation, us, more often than not, lives below your standard. I mean, God's saying he believes in us, and yet we do things that 
maybe look like we don't believe in him. There's none that seeks after you. None. That's a sobering scripture. There's none that seeks after God. None, nobody. And then my prayer continued. If you, God, if you, Lord, did not have mercy, and by that mercy I meant with Adam and Eve, if you didn't just go ahead and take them out. At the Tower of Babel, that was an act of mercy when God the languages, because we would have ended it right now. You look at all of our big cities right now. They're a mess. They wanted to be one big city is all they wanted to be. God said, no, no, this is not going to work, and scattered them. That was an act of mercy. God went to the land of Ur where they weren't worshiping him, and he picked out Abram and started a people to bring, be a light to the world. And in God, in the ultimate act of mercy, he sent his one and only son as deliverer. So my prayer said, if you didn't have mercy, all those things on us, we would not have a chance of redemption. That day that Miss Hutchinson shared Jesus with me as a third grader, I wasn't looking for Jesus. But he was... looking for me. My prayer continued, please forgive us where we fail you. Help us seize the opportunities, the kingdom opportunities, not about me stuff, the kingdom opportunities that you set before us this day. Because this is the only day I have, this day. Love you, Jesus. A staple to my daily time with God is help for this day, guidance for this day, strength for this day. Some of you have probably had a tough time enduring this Revelation series all this time because it is talking about that day. And all your problems and all of my problems are this day problems. I don't care about none of that. This day. What are you going to do today? Meet Jesus today. We need food. We need this. What are you going to do this day? The same God that has that day under control has this day under control. Don't you forget that. Because there's going to day, there's going to be days when you need that. I know I'm looking around. I know folks that are needing to hear that today. And he wants to be there for you, but you have to talk to him. You have to be still. You have to listen. And for the love of God, do what he says. We get so close but we stay so far away because we don't do what he says. This prayer generated simply for me giving the God of the universe the time of day 
just a tiny portion of what he has given me. I have an appointment with God every day. Now we're going to do something right now different. So if you've been here two weeks in a row, two weeks in a row we've done something different. All right? I don't know if we will next week or not. I just try to, you know. The band's going to come up. But don't get excited. It ain't over. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to give you instruction. We're going to take a, t- a quiet time of repentance. I'm going to invite you to do something that might be awkward for you. I'm going to invite you to come to the altar right now. In fact, some of you, if you're already feeling God telling you, I, I, he's already telling me I should do that, go do it right now. Come to the altar. We, on the left side over here, there's some empty seats. If you're up here early, you can sit, you can sit up here, okay? Or, or right there, okay? Come on, there you go. We're, we're, doing, we're doing business with God. I'm gonna tell you how we're gonna do it. If there's any, listen, come to the altar and be still. Listen, be still, be quiet, listen to God. <laughs> If there's anything that you need to repent of, you do it right now. Don't, don't wait the park, Satan to get you in the parking lot. If there's anything, if there's anyone that you need to pray for, come do that right now. If you want to thank God that he's been calling you to take some kind of next step and you want to take that next step, you come up here and you tell him, God, I'm going to take that next step. Now there's going to be a little more meet on this message after we're done just a little bit but what we're going to do right now is I'm going to be quiet for what's going to be about 60 seconds it's going to seem like five minutes because that's how it is you know just make it make it weird make it weird step on people whatever just get whatever okay When is the last time you did something awkward for God? You can certainly do all of these things right where you're at, and that's fine, and that's fine. But I'm asking you, if you can or able, or feel God tugging on your heart, to step out for the God who always shows up for you. I know we don't like his timing sometimes, but he's a show up and show off kind of guy. So I'm going to be quiet for a bit, and then I'm going to read a scripture. I'm going to read from Colossians chapter 1, and then I'm going to be quiet for another little bit, and then you can move back your seats as you feel the Holy Spirit release you to go back, and then I'm going to read from Revelation 19 and finish up. So this is the point where I'm going to be quiet for about 60 seconds. You listen.
stay if you feel led to. I'm going to read Colossians 1. You listen to God as he speaks to you, not me. Colossians 1.15, it says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, talking about Jesus. For by him all things were created, things in heaven, on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together, and he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell on him, Jesus, and through him to reconcile, make peace to himself, all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation if you continue in your faith established and firm not moved from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Amen. You stay as long as you feel God is telling you. See, I've got a little bit left I'm going to read here. And we got a few blanks to fill in for you, all right? So we're going to fast forward. We're going to fast forward to where the saints of God have been martyred. The world has been judged. Babylon, the religious, and Babylon, the commercial, they've become toast. And a great multitude in heaven is heard. Revelation 19.1 says, After this, I heard what seemed to be the loud voice of a great multitude in heaven, crying out, Hallelujah. Salvation and glory and power belong to our God. For his judgments are true and just. For he has judged the great prostitute who corrupted the earth with her immorality and has avenged on her the blood of his servants. Once more they cried out, Hallelujah. The smoke from her goes up forever and ever. And the 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshiped God who was seated on the throne saying, Amen, Hallelujah. And from the throne came a voice saying, Praise our God, all you his servants, you, here fear, you who fear him, small and great. God's long-awaited judgment on the evil of this world takes place rejoicing in heaven is heard and the declaration that God's judgment is true he has avenged the blood 
of the saints, his servants. You know, the ones that were saying, how long? Babylon's friends had mourned her fall, but now God's people celebrated. A day is coming. Are you ready for it? Revelation 6 through 19 is about waking, shaking, and making. I know it's taken us 30 weeks or so to get through it, but this is what it's about. It's about waking the nation of Israel to what heaven is fully aware of. It's about shaking up those who are skeptical, cynical, dubious, and doubtful. You know, the ones that say, I'm not going to believe it until I see it. Well, they're going to see it. It's about making accommodations. You see, the world was perfect. Now it's broken. In Romans chapter 8, all of creation is moaning and groaning and waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. I've got good news for you. Earth will be restored and renewed, but it has to be fumigated first. This is the preparedness of the millennial kingdom. And then the new heaven and the new earth. A day is coming. Are you ready for it? Listen to me. What you do this day prepares you for that day. If God has put on your heart to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, to turn from your sins and turn to Christ, you do that this day, that affects that day. Listen, if you made any kind of decision today, you let us know how we can help. You take that bulletin that you got, fill that connect card out and let us know how we can pray for you or that you're ready. Maybe your next step, maybe you let us know you're committing your life to Christ or you want to know more. Or maybe you want to follow through a believer's baptism. Lord willing, we're going to do that next week. We have some folks already ready. Maybe you, you're saying, hey, add me to that list. I'm tired of hiding. maybe you're here today and you said I have been a Christian for a lot of years but I've not shared the gospel with one person I've not led one person to Christ or I'm certainly I'm not making disciples that make disciples and that's critical church do you know what a, you, do you know what you call a church that does not make disciples that make keep on making disciples do you know what you call that church ah it's dead doesn't matter what you call it. It ain't coming. It's, there's nothing. It, it, it's dead. Now is your time to respond. However God is speaking to you, you. I'm thinking that you already did that. Now you just need to 
jot it down. We're so glad that you joined us for worship this morning. We know that God is moving in the hearts and lives of anybody that hears his word. And we want to encourage you to take the step that the Holy Spirit's prompting you to take. Hebrews 4.12 tells us, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. This morning, the Word of God was preached, and we know that it has the supernatural ability to go down deep inside us and change us from the inside out. We want to encourage you to take the step that the Holy Spirit is prompting you to take. If you'll download the Living Truth Church app for any any app store, there's a Next Steps tab, and there's a list of different things that the Holy Spirit may be telling you to do. There are ways for you to respond. Maybe you've never chosen to follow Jesus, and the Holy Spirit's drawing you to Himself. Well, there's no better time to follow Jesus than right now. And you can let us know that in the app by clicking follow Jesus. Uh, Maybe you're a Christian and the next step you need to take is baptism or beginning to serve in the church or giving or getting plugged into a CPR group. One of those things, you know, many other things as well. Let us know in the app. We want to come alongside you. If you'll fill that form out, we'll be able to come alongside you and help you take those steps. Um, We know that if you're a believer, you're a stepper. You are somebody who never stops. You never become stagnant. We should always be walking with Jesus and taking steps to follow him. So if you heard the word of God this morning, there's steps for you to take, and we want to encourage you to take those. Um, So if you would, join me in prayer. Um, Dear Lord, I thank you for each and every person that's watching with us today. We thank you that they're here. We thank you that they've heard your word, God, and we pray that you'll speak to them, that you'll you'll draw them to yourself, God, and you'll you'll tell them the steps that they need to take as they follow you. Um, God, we pray that you'll give them the boldness and courage to be obedient to what it is you're telling them to do. Um, God, we pray that you'll move in their lives and use them. We love you. We thank you for your son. We thank you for salvation. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Hey, y'all have a great week.